y'all? I'm Bailey Smiley. And I'm Lindsay Happ. Welcome to the inaugural podcast for Connor ISD Student Support Services Department. We are calling this, I, I wasn't, wasn't prepared for this. this. We hope to bring you timely, helpful advice and ideas throughout the school year. If you ever have an idea or a question about what you've heard here on our podcast, feel free to ask your student support services coach on every campus. Also, if you ever have a question but want to remain anonymous, mm. uh, you can ask Sam. Their contact link is found on our student support services newsletter, and all submissions are completely anonymous. So getting into it today, we, in, in this episode, we are going to be discussing what teachers do in the first few days of school to set themselves up for lasting classroom management mm. success. So, Lindsay, what do you feel when you think about the first day of school? Oh, I feel so many different things about the first day of school. I feel excited. I feel anxious. I mean, you just never know what you're going to get. And um, this year, my son's going to kindergarten, so he's been wearing his backpack around the house. Really cute. He can't wait to go. But that also adds an extra layer of anxiety and excitement. So, um I'm looking forward to this year, but also I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, nervous. Yeah. I think when I think of the first day of school, nervous and then overwhelmed. That's how I feel. I wish I was one of those teachers who like laid my clothes out, picked out my outfit, slept wonderfully, thinking of all the wonderful things that are going to happen the next day, wake up, have an amazing day, greet all the students and the parents, but that's not how my day goes. Usually I have the nightmares like two weeks before school starts. Mm. You know, I forget everything. It's chaos in the classroom. Parents are unhappy. So I'm like definitely not glass half full. But it always works out. Yeah. Because with the, the angst that I, you know, walk into the room with, that also makes me super prepared for everything that could go wrong. One thing that I am not good at, though, is you were talking about the mom side of school. Yeah. That's so, a new one for me. When I think about the first day of school as a teacher, I'm most nervous about families because I'm nervous about first impressions. Mm -hmm. And what am I going to do to make sure my first contact is, you know, makes them feel safe with their kid in my room. Yeah, it's scary sending your child to be with somebody all day long and not really knowing anything about them. Right. Or if, you know, they're going to be supportive to your child or if it's going to be a, a good experience or a bad experience because, you know, we've seen both. Yeah, yeah. Whenever my daughter went into kindergarten, I think it was the best transition because I knew the teacher already. Mm -hmm. So as a parent, I didn't feel anxious, but I also knew that I had open communication with her. So it was like one layer already kind of etched away, which made me think, did you know in the Champs book, third edition, there is a script or a list of things that you can use to make sure that you have a really effective family, first family contact. Mm, I think that's great, especially for first year teachers that you just go in and you're not really sure the best way to communicate or how yeah. to communicate. So having a list like that would be super helpful. And you said it's in the third edition, which we have, we're gonna have our champs books, we're gonna have some of the books that we use um, during the school year for student support services. And um, just champs third edition is the newest one. If you so the second edition has a big apple, and the third edition is like a pretty abstract art front cover with some greens and blues. Much you want to know what's on that list? I would love to hear what's Let's, on that list. Let me tell you what's Let's on that in. list. So on the list for a first family contact, of course, a welcome 
you know, that you're excited and you're ready for a productive year. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, a little bit about your, your teaching background, maybe some fun facts about you. Of course, school-appropriate facts. Please. Um, <laughs> a statement of how you look forward to working with their student and getting to know the family. I think that's key because, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of opens up um, an interest in not only the student, but understanding that the student has a family support mm-hmm. behind them, whatever that family may look like. But there's people who love them, you know? Exactly. Um, it goes on. There's a few more. Your major goals for the year. When and how the family can contact you. I think that's uh, key. And I think that when you're trying to communicate with families, uh, there needs to be communication both ways that they are able to contact you as well and I think it's also important to have multi-modes of communication so that there's not just one way to communicate with the families. And you know like I think um, in today's society it's so easy to get a hold of people and sometimes let's be honest we don't necessarily always want people to get a hold of us. I know about that. (laughs) So when we think of two-way communication I bet there's some good tips and tricks from expert teachers out there of Mm -hmm. what's the best way to communicate to families when to be contacted and that mode you were talking about what are the best modes to be contacted maybe not giving your cell phone out is probably not the best option. Unless that's the only place that you are going to pay attention and look. Yeah. And if that's the fastest way and you like that communication, I guess, I guess that's what you're comfortable with. Um, yeah. And it probably depends on the family and the needs of the student. If it's a student that you really need to be in close contact with the family right. or right. have information about, that might be your best mode of communication. Mm-hmm. But yeah, more like email. Or yeah. yeah. You know, there's the other apps like the uh, Remind app and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I know that you can communicate both ways on there, I think. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, because giving someone your, cell, someone your cell phone number can be overwhelming, too. Yeah. And you don't want to be distracted during instruction. No. Yeah. That's true. Um, there's a few more. You want me to keep going? Sure. When and how you will maintain ongoing contact with them. So, I guess mm-hmm. that hit our point. And then these are two optional ones. A copy of your class rules. I love All that. Right. Um, also maybe for older kids, a syllabus that kind of helps students orient themselves with what's going to happen throughout the semester or Mm -hmm. year. And then invitations for families to let you know, you know, what more information do you want me to know about you and your family? Kind of like an open-ended question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the rules thing is so important because if there are rule violations, then parents aren't surprised when they get contacted about something and they just weren't aware that that was even something that the teacher is focusing on in the classroom. You know, I think it's so funny because I could read your mind. I knew when I said these are going to be optional, that's what it says in the book. I knew you were going to be like, not optional. (laughs) Not optional. Not optional. (laughs) Let them know up front, right? Yeah. 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 So that's the first days of school, just like kind of thinking about getting ready. That's like the anticipation leading up to the first day. Oh, I'm already getting nervous, Bailey. Well, (laughs) let's talk about actually making it happen. Okay. Stepping in, Mm -hmm. first day. You walk in that room, you're dressed head to toe in your coolest fit. Yeah. You know, you did your school shopping. (laughs) And now it's time for action, Mm -hmm. right? So in thinking about that, I'm going to read you a scenario. Okay. okay, okay, let's go. Okay. I'm going to take you out of school for a second, but we'll bring you back, okay? okay? Imagine you make a reservation at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. When you arrive at the appointed time, a large number of people are also waiting to get in. 
I see your face already. You're nervous. I'm just wondering who makes reservations. <laughs> Imagine if you are that person today. Okay. Okay. okay I'm a person that pre-plans. Got it. It takes you 10 minutes to squeeze through the, the throng. That mm. is a word. Mm. A, the throng of frustrated people to get to the host. Okay, so now I'm frustrated because I had to, like, touch all those people to get to the front. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. The host is so frantically busy that he does not respond to your polite statements that you have a reservation and instead puts a hand up to your face to indicate that you need to wait just a minute. Am I hangry or not? Because the response may be different. Um, tell me both. (laughs) I think if you're hangry, I probably know how you would respond. Is there in any universe where you wouldn't be angry at someone sticking their hand in your face? Well, I mean, I try to be understanding of the situation, okay. right? There's okay. a whole throng of people right. there. That, okay. that could be So you're a very patient, yeah. empathetic person. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, still not right to put your hands Still, in your hand. after 10 minutes of then again waiting, mm-hmm. you raise your voice then and demand that he pay attention to you. Mm-hmm. You're misbehaving, I guess. You know, you're yeah. you're making it an out a scene. You're an outcry. You need yeah. something. When he finally checks the reservation, he p- is politely but distractedly acknowledges that you did have a reservation, but it was for 15 minutes ago, um, and he cannot possibly seat you now. I'm already feeling really mad. So you state. <laughs> You know, everything of how you replay Mm -hmm. that I was here on time. I've waited now 20 minutes. I was on time. It's not my fault that you didn't have systems in place to make sure that your system worked in the first place. Um, He shrugs and he just says, well, what else can I do? Um, But you are finally seated eventually. And when you do, you're just so agitated that you don't even notice that the food and the wait staff are actually really good at their job wonderful experience but you did not still have a wonderful experience yeah Mm -hmm. so now flip side imagine the same scenario but instead you arrive and the management is so organized that you easily get through the hostess who greets you politely and shows you immediately to your table you find the service food and price to be fantastic and you notice the degree of orchestration Mm -hmm has affected not just your behavior, but the attitude towards the whole setting and restaurant environment. I mean, I can feel my nerves settling, honestly. Yeah. I'm happy to be in that second restaurant. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a much nicer place to be. So how do you think those two scenarios translate to the first day of school? Uh, well, you know, having been a, a, te- a classroom teacher in the first day of school, it's everyone's coming in and, pe- and uh, parents are bringing their students in and people have bags of supplies and it can get really chaotic if you don't have a system in place mm-hmm. um, for, okay, when you come in, you put your supplies over here. If you're constantly having to be like, okay, here, here, put your desk over here. There's a, um, and, having- and, and imagine when all the kids come in with that ginormous pack of supplies or the mom who has written in Sharpie the student's name on every single item, and they even come with the little personalized pencil sharpeners. Mm-hmm. I want those. That those. just makes your job really easy. Yep. The tissue boxes that cover the entire desk. Do you have a plan for the tissue boxes? Yeah, you need to, because <laughs> otherwise those tissues are going to be everywhere. Yeah, all the boxes, boxes are going to be everywhere. So when I think of those two scenarios, I think of what the champs book said in that last scenario the degree of orchestration Mm -hmm. do you know what that makes me think of 
What what variables in the classroom do you think I'm thinking of? Can you yeah. read my mind? I'm thinking of all of the things that you have to structure for success in your classroom. You have to structure for the actual layout of your classroom. You have to structure for behavioral. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> success? Yeah. Structure and, for, and, for success. Instructional success. Um, and then classroom culture. Right. You know how you do that? Stoic. Ooh, stoic. We love stoic. Yes, we do. Stoic is like the perfect recipe Mm -hmm. to avoid chaos in your classroom, right? That's right. Stoic is like it's the the method that we go through the process to make sure that we've thought of all the things, but then to make sure we're implementing the things we've planned and following through with those things Mm -hmm. in every moment and on a daily basis. Yeah. So let's talk about stoic real quick. Yeah. So the um, the first thing you need to think about is the S in stoic, which is structuring your class and the physical space of your class. Um, and if you aren't familiar with stoic, it's like Bailey said, a framework for being prepared for the first day of school, the first weeks of school, and and throughout and the forever. year. Yeah. Yes, throughout the year, um, revisiting those things, the, the things that you planned. Um, and we have all of these wonderful forms available that you can fill out the stoic checklist we have a four-page checklist that's more detailed Mm -hmm. just to make sure that your plan is ready to go on the first day of school so that you feel confident going Mm -hmm. into that first day that it's going to be a positive experience so stoic structure Mm -hmm. teach observe interact positively yes and correct fluently. Yes. Okay. So we know that, you know, we have these CHAMPS books, and we're going to throw some acronyms out, right? Stoic is the process for the adult, the behind-the-scenes work, right? Mm-hmm. But then CHAMPS is the acronym we use to communicate expectations during an activity or, or a transition. That's kind of like the on-stage production for students. That's what they use to kind of understand how do I manipulate my environment right now. Mm-hmm. So you got like the teacher end with stoic and the student end with champs, right? Both those things have to work together, but you teach champs through the process of stoic. stoic. Yes. Yeah. So moving into the specifics of those elements we talked about that might be on that stoic checklist, right? Um, when I think of structuring an environment, I think of three things. You said them a second ago, so you made me think of them. But it's um, structuring behavioral success, structuring for instructional success, Mm -hmm. and then also structuring the cultural climate in your classroom, the culture and climate for success. You have to do all of those intentionally, right? Yep. Let's talk about the structure for behavior success. Like what's the number one thing you think you need to do stepping into a classroom? Like, what would you do or what have you done when you think of behavior success? Um, I think it's important to have rules and expectations that you plan on teaching the students so that there is no question about what is appropriate and what is inappropriate in the classroom. Yeah. What about... Um, I, in my mind, when I think of the first day of school, again, I think of chaos. And I think that the biggest way chaos can occur is by having a chaotic physical arrangement. 
Oh, absolutely. If kids can't easily access their supplies or their desk or different areas of the classroom, mm -hmm. that creates chaos too. When they're yeah. transitioning, they're running into each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then they're causing all kinds of different fights and uh -huh. things like that. Um, so yeah, absolutely structuring the, the physical space and then having those rules and expectations to teach them so that they know how to act in the classroom as well. Yeah. Um, so speaking of rules, I know that, you know, we could buy a poster at the teacher store. Please don't. Tell me more. You know, I think the, the posters at the teacher store, they have rules that are pretty generic. Um, and we want to make rules that encompass all of the things in the classroom. Yeah. Should I not tell people to do that? Pause. <laughs> what? No. No, I'm listening to you. I'm vibing with you. I think, like, absolutely, do not go to the teacher store. Right. Okay, but can we can we say that? Because I want to make people feel bad. No, the reason is is you have to put thought into your rules. You have Absolutely. to know. Like I, the way I think of mm -hmm. it is, it's the hill you're willing to die on. That is the thing that no matter what, at no matter what time, with no matter what student, you are willing to address that rule violation every time it occurs. Yep. And if you're not willing to do that, then it is not a rule. And all you're doing is teaching students that you are inconsistent as an adult, and that does not make students feel safe. No, it doesn't, and it makes your rules pretty much void because they think, well, she doesn't actually mean that. Right, <laughs> right, and then it just becomes a boundary to push. Yep. Right. So I agree. No, I think that you need to put thought into your rules. I mean, we know there's criteria for rules. Absolutely. Let's see. Quiz me. Okay, what's the criteria for rules, Bailey? You're going to have to help me because, you know, I don't have a list in front of me, <laughs> but I do have a chance book if I need to look okay. at it. I do have a resource. Um, first of all, they're few in number, mm -hmm. three to six, yep. because, I mean, you don't want to die on that many hills. No. Right? <laughs> um, they have to be stated positively, meaning what it is you want to see, not what you don't want to see, because there's a never-ending plethora of things you don't want to see. Just tell them right. what you want, right? Be and then clear, I can remember all kind. the things that you don't want to see, because it's going to be, like you said, a never-ending list. And it's a little more fun. I think of the picture of a, um, I think there's like a cartoon of it where the teacher's writing on the board and the class is sitting behind her doing all these uh, naughty things and she's writing all her rules on the board and it's just the entire chalkboard full of don't this, 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 no, this, 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 mm -hmm. don't this, this, this. They're doing all those things behind her. So yeah, it's like giving them the list of how to misbehave. Yes. Instead, give them the list mm -hmm. of how to behave. Yeah. yeah. I, uh... How to be successful. Yes. One time I was saw a list of YMCA rules at a school and I was like, oh my goodness, the list was like this long. And like the YMCA aftercare? Oh gosh. Know this, know that, know that. And I said, I said, oh, can I help you remake that list of rules? Because as we know, there are rules about rules. And she's like, I'm good. <laughs> and inside, I'm dying. You know, if you, don't, you don't know what you don't know, right? Yes. yes. Everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. Yes. So, third criteria would be, wait, I said few in number, stated positively, has to be applicable all day long. Mm -hmm. So, if you use the rule, raise your hand to speak, but then students walk in on that first day of school and they say hello and you say hello, naturally, conversationally, they would technically be breaking that rule. Is that a hill you're willing to die on? No. Well, absolutely you not. Can't. You would never have that you rule. You can't enforce that rule. <laughs> that is not something that's even enforceable. You can have a rule, something like follow champ's expectations. Because right. the expectations would change depending Correct. on activity, but the rules 
last through throughout the the duration of the day. Right. Sometimes, right. some points of the day, you might want them to raise their hand to ask for help. Expectation. Yes. Not rule. Right. right. And so that's why your rule would be to follow champ's expectations, and that would be an expectation for okay. that activity. So then that's three criteria. I feel like there's one more. It's going to be they have to be visibly posted and taught. And hopefully retaught. And hopefully retaught. Yes. Yes. When, when we say taught, do when you teach your rules, like what kind of strategies do you use to teach mm -hmm. the rules? Is it a lecture? Like, here are my rules. Let me present them to you with the poster. No. What does I, that look I, like? I think um, it's first a conversation and then you role play. You know, here's the correct way to follow this rule. Here's a, an incorrect way to follow this rule so that they understand this is what it looks like to follow this rule. Right, right. And then when you say retaught, maybe that could be a repeat of that, mm -hmm. or even having students act as models yeah. for here's how I follow this rule. Or you could have like rule shout outs as positive reinforcement that whenever they follow a certain rule, the teacher does an intermittent celebration and says, look at so-and-so following blank rule, and then mm -hmm. the whole class does some celebration so they can see it in action. Yep, and right. I love that, and that helps with the culture, you know, giving yeah. that positive reinforcement because they need that feedback mm -hmm. to let them know when they're doing something correctly. Right. So we talked about rules. We talked about physical space. Let's talk a little bit about expectations because mm -hmm. we dabbled there for a second, but I feel yeah. like maybe we should talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. So when we think about expectations... Do you think expectations exist in a classroom so that students can be merely compliant? No. I think that the expectations are there so students feel confident in what they're doing and they feel safe with what's happening and so that they can also regulate their own behavior mm -hmm. because they are the expectations are very clear about right. how they should be acting right now, what they should be doing, mm -hmm. how to get help from somebody. Right. So they have expectations would be set, like we said, by the CHAMPS acronym. Yes. So you're listing some of the things already. So conversation, like what they say to each other, what's on topic talk, what voice level can they conversate, yeah. if so. Am I allowed to talk to you? Right. Things like that. Help, you said, how mm -hmm. to get help, who to get help from. You know, the thing I see a lot in elementary school, especially during anchor activities, is sometimes to ask three before me. Mm -hmm. But sometimes students don't know how to ask for help. Yes. Do so you think it's important to teach kids how to ask for help if you're going to have them ask each other for yeah. help? And I think it's important to also have designated people that they can ask for help that you know will be able to help them with that specific task. Right. Because if I ask you for help and mm -hmm. you don't know how to help me, then I might say, oh. Well, or they may engage in another conversation because right. they think they're helping or they want to look helpful. Yes. Yeah. Or it's easy to get off task because I don't know what I'm doing and you don't know what I'm doing. Let's just play. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at the beginning of the year, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're interested in building relationships and they want to be friends to, with yep. each other. And so they're more likely to kind of skew from the activity if, if they're given the opportunity. Um, thinking about that. I also think, you know, when we think about the activity, which is the next acronym in CHAMPS, we did the C-H and A, when we're thinking of activities, we need to think of what is our, our outcome. So we tell the students, you know, we're working on this thing, but the teacher should also have a thought of what are my look for's and how do I know that they're on track or off track academically, but then behaviorally as well. Exactly, and, and ways that you can give them feedback 
if you have your look fors, then you can get feedback about, hey, you're following this expectation correctly. Right. Too. Right. And then, okay, so C H A M. Movement. Yeah. Are they allowed to move? Can, are they, do they have to stay in their seat? Yeah. What's the path of the movement? Yeah. It's not going all the way around the room. Okay. You gotta take that quickest route. Um, third and fourth grade teach productive movement mm -hmm. around the classroom, not yeah. meandering. Exactly. M is not for meander. M is for move and get there quickly. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Yeah, it's real possible. <laughs> participation. <laughs> Not wasting those transition times. <laughs> no, don't waste those transition times. Uh, yes, participation. What does that look like? Participation. What mm -hmm. does it look like? What are you doing? Yep. When I look up, what should I see? When you look at your partner, what should you see? What do we hear? Right. Um, and then success. I think success, the S, is the most underutilized uh, mm -hmm. letter in the acronym. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of teachers think like, oh, okay, why is this even here? Do we even need this S for success? Because what do we say? And we will be successful. If we do all these things. Yeah. <laughs> but it's more than that. Yeah. It's how do I know that I've done what it is that I was asked to do? Yeah. Was, you know, go back to the I can statement of the objective of the mm -hmm. lesson or the activity in the first place. At the beginning of the lesson, we said we will be able to blank. And so now go back and go do a check. Right. Ask yourself, reflect help the kids reflect reflect can yes. I blank mm -hmm. right if the answer is no maybe we need to reteach those expectations mm -hmm. and that's when you can naturally move into student goal setting yep yeah behaviorally or academically what yep. did I miss on this activity yeah so expectations right that's behavioral structuring for success let's dabble a little bit in the instructional structuring for mm -hmm. success but before we move on I think we also need to point out like I feel like um, if a teacher is watching this from a secondary classroom, they might think like, oh, this is only for younger kids, but it's not true. No. You still need to set expectations for kids throughout their school career. Yeah. It's not just elementary school. No. And I think I also, think ever more so. Kids yeah. are kids, but guess who, guess who wants to be the most social and wants to purposefully yep. disengage to get their friends to purposefully mm -hmm. get the older kids. They're always, they're so witty. Oh, and yeah. smart, you know, and they're going to get away with what they can get away with. They need just as much structure yes. as the littles do. And clear expectations. Right, right. Because if you do have to correct them, mm -hmm. you need to have something to reference back. Like, You know what I think? We, we think of students as this um, two different age groups of elementary and secondary, mm -hmm. and we kind of put them in their own categories. Yep. We forget that we are also students every day, and yep. look how much we misbehave. Oh. Think of a staff meeting. Oh my gosh, I would be on red all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. So we need expectations. If we are going to get away with something because we think we can, you better believe it that the students from the youngest to the oldest in mm -hmm. elementary to secondary are going to do the same. Yeah. And they're not doing it to be willfully disobedient. Yeah. They're doing it because they want to build connections with others in their mm -hmm. environment. And if we don't tell them how to productively and successfully build connections brain synapses connections or emotional social connections, then they're going to figure it out on their own. Exactly. They shouldn't have to guess what we expect from mm -hmm. them. We make it clear and evident. Yep. And I think it's important also that our expectations are reasonable. Right. I, you cannot expect a bunch of five-year-olds to sit next to each other on a level zero 
for 20 minutes. No. Nah. Sorry, I, I could not no, sit next sorry. to you for Couldn't 20 minutes nope. and, and not talk, like you <laughs> because said. Because if we are silent right. for 20 minutes, I'm probably going to be making faces at you trying oh to get you to laugh or gosh. talk first. I can never win the silent game. Uh, last two minutes. <laughs> two minutes. Silent game Even. or quiet game? I don't know. What, which one is it? Quiet game. Yeah. Yeah. So I just say, like, you know, expectations are for everybody, not just younger students, and um, they need to be reasonable. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. You hit that point well. Thanks. Yeah. Um, okay, instructional success. When yes. I think of instructional success, first few days and weeks of school, I think of schedule and agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think uh, the schedule is really important too, also for student safety so that they understand what's coming next because that can prevent a lot of anxiety too. If you say, this is our schedule, mm-hmm. this is what we do every day, these are the expectations, and to kind of keep you on track instructionally as well. Right, right. Routines mm-hmm. are probably important. Yes. Routines like, um, of course, transitions, but also routines of instructional activity types mm-hmm. like um guided math and guided reading, anchor activities, rotations, coming to the carpet. When we're at carpet time, like what are those instructional um, blocks that you would have and and how do you engage in those and how do you Mm -hmm. set time management up appropriately so students can engage and be productive within that amount of time. And I think it's important when you're talking about those different things is that when you practice them every day, they, they understand what they're supposed to be doing, but to have those areas easily accessible and the supplies you need to engage in the activities during those certain times of day is crucial yeah, yeah. to not wasting time. Right. Thinking of the supplies you need for the activity and then too, thinking of how do students know where to access those materials? Mm-hmm. Is it you dishing everything out all the time? Because you don't have time for that. How can you incorporate student responsibility and yeah. student leadership in some of those routines? Yeah. Because throughout the school year, all the yeah. grade levels, you're going to hear, I don't have a pencil. Uh-huh. And they need to know what to do if they don't have a pencil because you will get, well, I didn't have a pencil. Yeah. You know, we want to <laughs> prevent any barrier that they need to be successful in whatever activity they're doing and having supplies ready and accessible is one of the easiest ways to do yeah. that. One less thing mm-hmm. to have to be the thing that gets in the way of instruction. So cultural or culture and climate in your classroom, how to set that up for success. Mm-hmm. When I think of culture in the classroom, the number one thing that comes to my mind is interacting positively. Mm-hmm. How we build relationships with humans in an environment that we're orchestrating. Yep. And I think it's so important to have a positive classroom climate for students to even be able to learn. Yeah, I cannot learn in an environment that I don't feel safe where I'm scared to be wrong mm-hmm. and, and try new things and make mistakes. And um, in some classrooms, that can be the case. If, it, if the classroom culture is not set and there aren't positive interactions. Mm-hmm. So whenever we think of positive reinforcement, of course, that falls into that, right? Mm-hmm. But how can we positively reinforce students if we don't first have expectations and rules set? Because that's what we positively reinforce. So we can spend our time just being nice to kids, which of course we will. Of course. But that doesn't create a safe environment. The safety comes from a loving, supportive adult Mm -hmm. who provides recognition and acknowledgement, basic human needs. Um, But then also in tandem with that, 
uh, that lo- same loving and supportive adult provides clear expectations and guidelines for how to be successful in the environment. Mm-hmm. That's safety, right? Exactly. And specific feedback. Yeah. Because the behavior that I'm going to pay the most attention to is the behavior I'm going to get. Right. So if I am constantly giving kids feedback when they're doing things correctly, especially following expectations and rules, then they're more likely to follow the rules and expectations in that classroom and hopefully other students will follow. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite positive reinforcement technique? Like, what do you like to use? Well, um, I think one of my favorite things to do is, especially at the beginning of the year, is, you know, um, get down and like whisper and say something like, oh my, I see that you are following um, the expectation of being at a level one while you're at this math station. Thank you so much. You know, just giving them that like specific individual and attention, Mm -hmm. especially the younger kids, they love that. Yeah. But even older kids. And there are some kids who don't want you to, you know, come up to that. Maybe you write them a little sticky note and you write it there. Mm Mm-hmm. They all want the feedback. I think it's really cool that I I was curious to see what you were going to say. Were you going to come out with like some big bell and whistle classroom management reinforcement tool? I thought about like the 10 by 2 and I think that's really important. But I'm thinking like at the very beginning of the year is just like the personal connection. And that's something that I really like to do is just like get. And you know what? You don't have to buy that. No. You don't have to keep that in your pocket. No. That's with you everywhere mm-hmm. you go, and that's building a personal connection with that student, right? Right, and they appreciate so the, being seen. the notice and the narrate. Mm-hmm. Just notice the student and narrate what they had done. Exactly. Steer clear of the, I like the way you. Yeah. Because it's not about me, it's about them. Right. You're not highlighting yourself, you're yeah. highlighting the student. Yeah, you should be proud of how you're following the expectations in the classroom. Right. You should be proud. Mm-hmm. Just you should be proud. You should be proud. Yeah. So positive reinforcement key but outside of that what are some other ways we can build relationships with kids how else do we interact positively I think that it's important to talk to them about things that aren't school get to know them like we said earlier in the day like that family connection when you get to know your kids then you also can include the things that they enjoy the things that they know about the things they like into instruction as well Mm -hmm. it all goes together yeah you're building that classroom culture, getting to know your kids, and that also helps you instructionally and behaviorally. Okay. So interacting based on student interest. Mm-hmm. What about non-contingent attention? Absolutely. You're just here. Bailey, I'm so happy to see you. Yeah. Thanks That's for being the, in here today. The good morning as they walk in the door. Mm-hmm. The, hey, I noticed you're wearing pink. Pink looks good on you today. Yeah. Or look at your cool new school shoes. Yep. You know, something like that. Um, and, okay. And I think it's really important, too, when you're giving feedback to make it really fit your style because I'm the kind of person I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy you're here. But if that's not you, which I think it probably would be Mm. you, but maybe some of our other coaches, like, that wouldn't be natural. And the kids won't see it as sincere. It has to be genuine. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, I kind of heard you talking a little bit about non-contingent attention, right, but then that specific and contingent attention Mm -hmm. There's guidelines and criteria for that, too. To give really effective feedback, you said, notice and narrate, Mm -hmm. um, make it fit your style. Some others, I think, would be make it immediate. Oh, yeah. Or timely, at least, Mm -hmm. if possible. So they know, I did this thing, and it's directly aligned to this recognition I just received for it. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... 
building behavioral, instructional, and cultural structured structures for success. Mm-hmm. That would be like how to enter into thinking of getting ready for the beginning of the school year. Yeah. And I think if you plan for all of those yeah. using the stoic checklist specifically, right. um, that you will feel confident that your first day is going to be successful. Honestly, you're going to go in feeling a lot better and hopefully avoiding those dreams, <laughs> those work dreams <laughs> yeah. where a disaster happens. Disaster. And sometimes disaster does happen. And sometimes it does, but you know what? Adjust the plan. Yep, you adjust. Yeah. And that would be a time that you go look back at your plan because obviously in the first day you don't know your students, you don't know right. what they're going to be like, and maybe they need a different level of structure than you had planned for. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also important to remember, too, when you're planning for the first few weeks of school, that to start out with that really high structure level, and maybe you can fade some of that structure away, but it's important to start here Mm -hmm. because it's really hard to go the other way. Yeah, and not to fade too quickly. Mm -hmm. And when when you say fade, that doesn't mean pull back on giving expectations. It just means push forward on increasing student independence and how they engage in those. So you're not pulling back directions, expectations, and rules. You're trading responsibility and ownership in that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so now we plan. We're, we're ready for the first couple okay. days. Got our Let's talk checklist. about what I know, you're getting, I know you're getting at it. How do you, like, maintain it? Mm-hmm. How do you keep your energy up and your awareness up throughout the year yeah. to know, like, am I still on top of my game? Yeah. Yeah, you have to constantly reflect, like we talked about earlier, and reassess. And some things aren't working. So how would you do that? Well, I am a planner, so I go back to my planner, and I would mark days like after school holidays or before school holidays that I would know, okay, like this is a natural break mm-hmm. in our instructional agenda or time or schedule time frame throughout the year. Those are the times that I know, even if it's not necessary for me to readdress something because it's going okay, mm-hmm. I at least need to give thought to it. Mm-hmm. So like checkpoints throughout the year I would set for myself because if I don't make it clear and evident where it pops up in my calendar, I probably would forget. Mm -hmm. And why are you choosing those specific times? Because, I mean, I mean, anytime that we take a break from anything we do, Mm -hmm. we need kind of a refresher to get our momentum going back into it. Um, It's easy coming up to a holiday. Like think about coming up to um, Christmas break. Oh, it's crazy. We're thinking of (laughs) The, the fun things and yep. the hopeful things that we're likely going to be doing in our time off. The students are, some yep. students are anxious about what could happen during mm-hmm. that break because they might not, you know, have a condition set where it's the most wonderful vacation they've ever mm-hmm. been on. Um, it might not be the best time for them. So they might have anxiety going into yep. that. But um, I think that moving into those breaks, you have to think about you too, and how you're excited. So if your mind is somewhere else and you're mm-hmm. hopeful of another, another thing that's coming up, that means you have less attention on what's happening in the environment. We yeah. get kind of lackadaisical. Oh, yeah. You know, we get loose with things. The more comfortable we get, excited about other things that we're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's the time when we need to make sure we maintain safety in the classroom through the things that we just talked about most of all. Mm-hmm. You know, because if we're all feeling a little off task already. Yep. It's only going to get worse if we allow loose instructional um, 
in, you know, less instructional time and, yep. and we're not tight on things as we need to be. Yeah. And I think as you progress through the year, we do get a little bit looser and right. that can affect like your classroom changes. Sometimes you get new kids, mm-hmm. they don't know your expectations. And then it's a whole different dynamic too. So I think it's important to big picture plan right. for the entire year. Like you said, have those different check-in points mm-hmm. throughout the year. You said check. I'm going to do a little fun thing that's going to be in every one of our podcast episodes. It's called a quick check. Do you want to know what a quick check is? Yeah, tell me. Quick check. If you right now or when you get to it, make a note to email Denise Griffin the phrase, and I quote, smooth start Mm. for a deserving dollar prize. Ooh, tell me more about these deserving dollars. So if you email smooth start... Mm. To Denise Griffin, you'll get a deserving dollar prize, and deserving dollars is our student support services token economy system. They literally look like fancy student support services dollar bills. You collect them from your student support services coaches in a variety of different ways. Um, get with your coach to figure mm-hmm. out more ways to be able to earn them. Yeah. But once you collect a certain amount, the minimum is 10, you scan the QR code that is on that dollar bill, and you can go to our online store. Yeah, we have some really great prizes, so email Denise so you can get those dollars. Another way that you can earn those dollars is on an, um, a tool that we have that we put out every nine weeks. So still speaking about maintaining your year for not only a smooth start, but a smooth sailing to smooth finish. Yes, and I actually have an example of awesome. one that we sent, and this is for the first nine weeks, which will help you. Have a smooth start. So it's a flyer. Yes. What do we do with these flyers? Um, We send them out. Sometimes they're in newsletters. Um, They might be around your campus. You Mm -hmm. might notice them around there. There will be a QR code so that you can find out who your coach is if you need additional help in structuring your classroom for success. So this is the first nine weeks. Do you want to go over it? Yeah, so on the first nine weeks, what would be on the flyer is just some Mm -hmm. PBIS best practice reminders to help you make sure that you're cognizant of being on top of these things in your classroom, continuing through an improvement cycle, knowing, okay, I've implemented, I'm adjusting, I need to go back and reflect and continue to implement, adjust, and reflect. So some of the things that are on this one, utilize your attention signal. Mm. Very important. Kids need to know how, when you're trying to get their attention, they need to know what that looks like. Right. Teach and provide feedback on classroom rules. High five for us. Hey. Talked about it. Set champs expectations for activities and transitions. Mm. Can I get another? Yeah. All right. (laughs) Continuously working to create a positive classroom culture. Hey, classroom culture. (laughs) And when correcting misbehavior, always start with early stage corrections. Mm. Okay. Yes. Um, should we touch on early stage corrections or would that be, it's kind of like a bigger conversation, just like correcting? I think whenever, well, we touched on a little bit when we talked about rules, they're the hill mm-hmm. you're willing to die on and you need to address it every time. Yeah. For more information on early stage corrections, you can refer to your champs book. Literally, it's a tag phrase in that champs book. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to get into it today, but if you want more direct information, get with your student support services coach or yeah. even... Come to our behavior interventions training or our champs training at the beginning of the year. 
Yep, we'd love to see you there. We would love to see you there. So moving forward, we talked about our big picture plan, thinking of like how to maintain your um, productivity, your safe classroom climate, culture, environment, Mm -hmm. how to make sure that students are productive and engaged, Um, and how to make sure that you set yourself up structured reminders throughout that in whatever way you think you should do that Mm -hmm. to come back to it, along with our help. Yeah. Because you'll see the flyers on the wall in the bathroom stall, Mm -hmm. and you'll be like, oh, this is that time when I should probably reflect. Yeah. Think back to how is my my structure going in my classroom. Exactly. And I think if you're going back and you're reflecting and you're realizing, okay, this plan isn't working for my classroom and you're unsure of how to continue or or reassess and create a new plan, um, that would be a great time for you to contact your student support services coach and we would love to help you with that. You know, there's another tool that I just thought of that I think would be a good mention. How often as a teacher did you utilize our year at a glance, the student support services year at a glance? Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't. And, and now that we have this, I wish we had a, a picture of it. We can put it on the screen, hopefully, so that you can see it. But if not, you can access it on our website. Um, it's a Google it's, site. Yeah. Our, yes. Our you can Google access site. it through the TNL site. Yes, to the TNL app um, on the mm-hmm. SSO. And it is such an amazing document that has everything you should be doing every week of school. And it also has those times where you need to check in right. and reassess and maybe reteach the things that you um, may have gotten right. locks on, like you said. Side note, it's aligned to T-tests. Yes. Yeah. Um, and with that scope and with the year at a glance, it's also now embedded in the content areas year at a glances. So there will be a handy link in each of the content areas year at a glance. Mm-hmm. So you can get to ours directly and it's there. So when you're planning with your teams, it's just a helpful reminder yeah. of, oh yeah. And it's also great because, um, say the first week it says, uh, you need to teach your attention signal. We know that's something that you absolutely have to have day one. Right. Well, there are, link- there are clickable links where you can learn about what that looks like. Yes. So. Takes you right there, gives you yep. all the resources. Who doesn't love just a hub of resources? Mm, I love a hub of resources. I love a hub. Yes. Give me all the forms and all the resources. <laughs> so final thoughts. What was your takeaway from today? Like our our talk we had. What do you think? Oh, I think that um, the most important takeaway that I took from today um, is the difference between stoic and champs. And I think it's important to understand that you need both, that they function together. Like you... The stoic is the teacher side. You need to plan for that so that you can implement your your champs effectively and and give that information to your students. Yeah. Process versus student visual. Yeah. And student tool. Mm -hmm. What about you? I think my biggest takeaway is just that it's okay to not know Mm -hmm. because we don't know everything. No. Nobody does. We can't plan for everything. I think thinking of your feelings about the first day, weeks, and then continuing through in the school year. I mean, you're a very experienced teacher. You still have anxiety about that. Everybody does. Yes. Um, Nobody enters with like, I'm going to ace this. I'm going to nail it first Mm -hmm. day. Everybody, I think, has nerves. Yeah. It's never going to go away because you can't predict the future. But I think kind of going back to your point, what we can do is plan using tools we have available to us with Mm -hmm. STOIC. We can use that process to help, you know, shuffle all of the angsty thoughts into a productive 
um, kind of like flow of how can I use this energy that I have right yeah. now to productively prepare myself for, you know, a, a successful start, smooth start. Yeah. And smooth finish. Yeah. And, you know, every year is a new learning experience. And if it's your first year, like you, you're going to plan and yeah. things might not work out and we'll figure out ways to do it better. Right. And, and that's just where you should lean on those supports. Try again. Mm -hmm. Always try again. Yeah. yeah. Cause you always have an again. Yes. Yeah. It'll come. Mm -hmm. So next time on this podcast, we will be discussing consistency and resiliency for you and your students. Remember, if you ever have an idea or a question about what you've heard on this podcast, feel free to reach out to your student support services coach. And again, also, if you want to remain anonymous because you have a question that maybe you don't want anybody to know you have a question about, that's okay. Mm -hmm. You can always ask Sam. Sam's contact information can be found in our monthly student support services newsletter, and all submissions are always um, completely anonymous. And I hopefully that'll help you because don't not ask a question because you feel like, oh, yeah. oh, this is embarrassing or this is a stupid question. No such thing. Please, if you have a question, ask us. Yeah. Or Sam. Ask yeah, Sam ask too. Sam. So if you haven't listened to our episode about meeting basic needs and classroom culture, we dive a little bit more into that. Please check it out because we're recording this episode and that episode as two bonus inaugural podcasts. So please check that one out. And don't forget to CC Denise Griffin. When you forward this to a friend, you will earn deserving dollars as a, as a social ambassador for student sports services. Also, one, a few more things. You can support us by sub subscribing to our podcast and our newsletter. Uh, there's another fantastic Conroe ISD podcast. So we're going to plug them a little bit. Um, Chattiendo. Chattiendo. I love that. With the experts from the bi bilingual department on Amazon and iTunes. Wow. Amazon and iTunes? I know. For we real. we got to get there we're, someday. We're going to get there. Mm -hmm. We're going to get there. <laughs> All right. Well, Lindsay, this was fun. That I'm was excited fun. to do this again. Yeah, we need to get like our coffee cups. We cheers. need matching cups. Yeah, so yeah. let's cheers with our, our... Okay, okay. Cheers. cheers. To your productive podcast. Smooth start. Have a smooth start, everybody.